Chapter 1 She was easy to spot. Her skin was almost blue-white. As usual, at the corner she said goodbye to the other girls. He saw her part from the heads of pink hair, tight black curls, a blonde pixie cut. Watched her follow a narrow asphalt footpath that led around the corner to a pedestrian tunnel under the busy motorway. He'd been in the tunnel, walked it sixty feet back and forth, He'd done this most mornings this week on his way to the office. No one noticed him. He was just a man wearing a suit, carrying a briefcase, going to work. When a lorry passed on the road above, the caged fluorescent lights that hung from the ceiling buzzed louder. Sometimes cyclists whizzed towards him through the tunnel, but they always stayed on their side of the yellow line painted down the center of the path. Each day before he left the tunnel, he stopped and looked at the yellow paint imagined it blotted by a puddle of blood, a small broken body stretched across the line. Today, while he waited for her to pass by, he sat at a table next to the cafe window and flipped through the pictures they'd sent him. Four snapshots of the girl with long, dark hair. The girl with a rucksack on her way to class, on a sports field wearing muddy football cleats, sitting on a lawn sipping a juice box walking home from school with a group of friends passing in front of the café. He had an allonger and ate a cannoli, slowly. He glanced at his reflection in the glass, a translucent, freckled hand, copper hair he had cut every three weeks at the salon, iron dress shirt, slate sports jacket. As the girl left her friends, she flipped her dark hair from her collar, locks splayed over her heavy rucksack. He walked into his flat. It faced west and had beautiful evening light. Unfortunately, he had been distracted and let the kitchen get messy. White dishes streaked with jelly and tomato sauce filled the sink. Bloated bread and pizza crusts clogged the drain. He was almost out of clean cutlery. A collection of dirty utensils was sunk beneath two inches of water. Small islands of white and green mold floated on the surface. He cringed at the sight and smell of the mess as he walked through to the living room. He hated letting things go like that, but this project had kept him too busy for housework. He put on John Cage's cheap imitation. The speakers wired in each corner of the room pulsed with eerie piano. He sat on his black leather sofa, pulled the photos from his briefcase, and set them on the heavy marble coffee table. A trio of flies migrated out of the kitchen, He stood and shooed them, then poured himself a glass of scotch. As he swallowed the smoky liquor, he looked at the pictures again. The one of her sitting on the lawn with her hair up was the best, he decided. He liked the pictures, but he almost didn't need them anymore. He would destroy them tomorrow, according to plan. The books and DVDs they had sent him were in a long box under the coffee table. The kit they had sent was there, too. He sat down again, popped the lid off the box, and pulled out the blue satin pouch. He untied the string, felt the metal blade and the ceramic talisman inside. Then he closed the pouch and started to think about which film to watch that evening. Before he'd met them, he didn't have these books or movies about the Blood Countess. It was a bit lonely. He went to work at the software company, input data, and printed reports. He'd earned a promotion last year, but still his boss wanted him to go faster, produce more reports and numbers. 
Sometimes on Fridays he went to the pub with some co-workers. He went to the gym twice a week. But these were all things that everyone else he knew did, too. Then he met them and learned about how the Countess killed hundreds of girls, how people helped her with the girls and the blood. It kept her beautiful. More beautiful and exciting than filling a computer with numbers or running like a rat on a treadmill. He'd never hurt anyone before. But he'd always thought about it, about what it would feel like to attack someone, to hold his hand on their chest while their heart stopped beating. Once he had poisoned a stray dog, stood over the mutt while it convulsed and died, but that didn't stop his thoughts. It only fed him, teased him. When he met them, it was like they could sense it immediately, but instead of looking away or making an excuse not to talk to him in the coffee line like some people did at his office, they liked him more because of his fantasies. And now,